everything's okay. Everything is okay. So we're here today to talk about Dr. Deb's Feel Better Secrets. What do you want to talk about today? Secrets, of course. Secrets to feeling better. Who wouldn't want to talk about that stuff? Do you have any topic in mind? Well, I'm thinking masks. Let's talk, let's talk about masks. Let's talk about the pandemic. Let's talk about the things that... Because yeah, nobody's talking about that right now. Yeah, I so know. So that'll be a nice, unique topic. Something new? Uh, how about this? How about if we talk about... Uh, here's what I'd like to know. There's so many conversations. There's so much going on where people are talking about masks to wear masks, not to wear masks. When should we wear masks? What are the implications of wearing masks? Uh, I, I personally think that we, we in this country have done a good thing badly, meaning had we, all politics aside, had we hit it right away, nipped it in the bud, everyone hunkered down, wore their masks and social distance, then we would be past this. And I think it's, it's drug on quite a bit. However, my feelings aside, you and I as a family have had the same conversation that I'm assuming other families have had, which is, what's the right answer? Now that we are where we are, forget the reasons, forget the politics, forget what we as a country could have done. Now that we are in a position where we as a family have to make a decision, what is that decision and why? And there is no wrong answer at this point. I just think it's worth the conversation how do we go about making that decision? You know, I think that is the question really that every family is talking about at dinner every night because we don't know and there's so much information out there. You know, it's good to wear a mask, it's bad to wear a mask, but I think it is very situational. I think there are times that we should be wearing masks, if not just to protect ourselves, to but to provide better comfort for those around us, like at the grocery store. You see people walking around with masks on and some of the grocery stores are are requiring you to wear masks and maybe not necessarily because we know 100% that wearing a mask is going to protect you, but I think it provides some level of comfort to people walking around. And of course, you know, that can bring you down a rabbit hole too. So is having comfort in that good or bad? Is it going to make us more lackadaisical in how we act and how we respond? But, you know, what we do know is that uh, wearing a mask can provide a barrier. And for those of us who are immune compromised, that barrier can protect them. So why wouldn't I want to try to help protect somebody who's immune compromised? They need to go to the grocery store and get their food too. Um, but I do think that, you know, wearing a mask at home, wearing a mask in your workplace, wearing a mask is all dependent on where you work and what your job is. Do I think people should be outside running, wearing a mask? I personally don't think so. No, I think it's crazy. But there are people who feel better doing that. I don't really know why. But, you know, you're not near somebody when you're running, wearing a mask, hopefully. Um, but, yeah, so, you know, masks, I think, are causing a lot of problems uh, for a lot of people. I know that there are some health concerns related to wearing masks. And then think of our little, our kiddos, right? How about my son, who says to me one day, very seriously, he says, Mama, how am I going to kiss a girl if I'm wearing a mask? And I looked at him and I thought to myself, gosh, you know, I wonder what other things are going through these kids' heads. 
And um, I giggled and I told him, well, if you're getting ready to kiss a girl, then you better know her well enough to know that maybe you don't have to wear a mask around here. You got to be careful. Well, there's several things that come to mind on that. First is a, a picture that you and I posted on Facebook. I was at the wellness center once and we were both wearing masks and I went to kiss you goodbye and we did like this two seals kissing <clears throat> you remember that? I do. And somebody got a picture of it and put it on Facebook. So I it's the, both that. of us kissing each other with masks on. It's just, it was a sign of the times. It was really kind of cute. Um, I, I equate a lot what we do interpersonally, this virus, with what we went through as a culture in the 80s when the AIDS epidemic um, became prominent in our zeitgeist. I mean, it had been around, but when it became the focal point and what you learned <clears throat> if you came of age during that time was that the lesson was that you're not just sleeping with the person that you're sleeping with, you're sleeping and exposing yourself to everybody that they have slept with as oh, well. Right. Right. So I should have said, you're not just kissing that girl, but you're going to kiss everybody that girl kissed. <laughs> so right. watch out. <laughs> well, that's, that's Dang the it. thing, right? You, you want to know where those lips have been. And, <laughs> and the issue becomes not just with interpersonal kissing, although that's, <laughs> Very paramount, <clears throat> even before the virus. Um, literally, where have those lips been? Have they been to a grocery store without a mask? Have they been on a plane without a mask? Have they been exposed in some way? And it, it's almost harder now than it was with AIDS because abstinence solved your problem in the 80s. It was, you know, keep it in your pants and you're safe. But do you remember during the really early stages yes, of that where we didn't knew. know yes, was it saliva it was, was it touching someone was it you know having sex with them was it the yes. fluids we didn't really know and no, i think we're still in that so to speak um that scenario i think we're still trying to figure out what this covid yep. or corona or in our family we call it the coronies what that really means um, but I do, on some levels, feel like wearing a mask can help us learn to respect each other in a society that maybe isn't used to respecting each other. So, you know, maybe that's part of it as well. Um, that actually brings up a good point that I have now forgotten. <clears throat> what was my point? <laughs> well, you know what? I have a test for that. We this can is the beauty. Well, testing I was going to get to in a second. <laughs> but there was a... Uh, See, I need to write this shit down. Yeah, I know you do. I tell you that all the time. I have CRS disease. You can't remember can't shit remember disease. Shit. This is something my dad, when I was a little girl, you know, when you didn't swear around your kids, my dad would say, Hey, Deb, when you get older, you're going to have these three diseases. And we would, you know, my brother and sister and I would sit there with big wide eyes and look at him and, What is it, Dad? What is it? And he would say, Well, number one, you're going to get CRS. Number two, you're going to get CHS. And number three, you're going to get CSS. We're like, what does that mean? It means you can't remember shit, you can't hear shit, and you can't see shit. And I'm pretty sure my husband and I, over 50, we got those a little bit. But now we have to figure out whether that's selective or not. <laughs> um, sometimes I think it's selective. Is it conscious or unconscious? I'm pretty sure it's conscious. Okay. Um. <laughs> We were talking a second ago about the the impact of when we first discovered AIDS and we didn't know how it was translated. So I, I happen to know people that are HIV positive and lived through that. Um, it was very ostracizing. Do you remember the, the movie um, 
oh, Tom Hanks and Denzel Washington, uh, Philadelphia. Oh, that was before my time. Uh, <laughs> you have so much catching up to do. <laughs> yes, I do. Those um, six months difference. There are... <laughs> respect your elders. Yes, sir. <laughs> um, there are... Um, there are many movies that encapsulated that struggle, but that one did it very, very well. But people were being ostracized. So my fear is, and it was all out of ignorance, right? Because we as a culture didn't know how it could be transmitted or weren't paying attention enough when we were told how it was transmitted. But fast forward now, I don't think, I don't think it's a matter, and you can correct me on this, but I don't think this is a matter anymore of how this virus is being transmitted. I think we've gone through that. I think we've gone through, oh, you can... Contact touching, if you touch a railing and then someone else touches a railing. and if, So it's more about the particles that come out of your mouth, which is why masks are so important. And right? your nose and, yeah. Right. <clears throat> out of various orifices, <laughs> not to be specific. Some of which we won't talk about. Right. Um, things the healthy. downside to that is, uh, you can speak from experience on this one, you wear a mask 12 hours a day. I do. And there are repercussions physical repercussions to doing that. So at some point we as a culture need to look at what the middle ground is and if the middle ground is actually going to work. I think that's part of the problem is we've been hedging our bets. Well, and not only are there physical repercussions to this, but you know, it's really funny. Yesterday I was sitting in with one of my patients and she had a mask on and she's yawns. And I looked at her and I thought, Oh, Oh my God, I feel like I have to yawn now. This is ridiculous. She's wearing a mask. At first we thought yawns were contagious because you could see it, right? Now this yawn is covered up and it's yeah. still contagious. It was pretty funny. Um, but I think when no, we do, <laughs> when we it's wear masks, behavioral. we have lost a lot of the ability um, to communicate. Although I think we are replacing some of that with eyes and I know you know when I look at people if I don't know them you know I'm walking by and I want to say hello and maybe they can't hear me say hello but I see their little eyes crinkle in the corner so I know that they're smiling back at me and you know we're losing some of that but I think you know on the other side of that we're also learning about people um, I really want to feel like that this has brought us together more than separated us although I will tell you um, early on when I had uh, patients that had tested positive, the reactions that, that they got from people that they knew, from family, from friends, they felt ostracized. Sure. Nobody wanted to be around them. They would, um, you know, they'd be hungry, they'd have fevers, they would need stuff, and nobody would want to come help, uh, which, you know, I think we're past that. I think people are now really helping each other. I think they're putting food outside people's doors. And now we have things like DoorDash or Amazon that we can order food, Whole Foods, right? And they bring it to you. And well, and that's a difference. That's 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 capitalism at work. That's um, that's people capitalizing on this. And we live in a free market economy, and I think that's great. What you're referring to should be more of the neighborly dropping off, making dishes, and dropping it off, or family coming to support other family. Um, bringing this full circle what we've tried to discuss as a family and there's several conversations right there's what the there's what the government is not telling us or trying to decipher what they are telling us and weed out the political agenda in the message that's almost impossible um there's 
what is our neighborhoods, what are our neighborhoods doing? What are the schools doing? Which again, to me, makes no sense at all. Public school, private school. I, I, I'm, I'm a fond believer in there's three sides to every story, right? Yeah, you love that. <clears throat> and I say that all the time. There's your side and there's my side, and then there's the truth that oh, honey, no, falls no, no, somewhere there's in between. Only my side to Unless the story. Haven't you yes. heard that yet? That's happy wife, happy life. That's the caveat. There's yeah. no three sides if you're married. It's just what does mama want? That's right. Um, but I think some of this is so open to interpretation that it becomes very confusing. So at the end of the day, the family should be self-conscious enough to make those decisions on behalf of the family. When are we social distancing? When are we wearing masks? How seriously, how locked down are we? Or are we at all? There are lots of people who have made the conscious decision to not be locked down because the juice isn't worth the vig. They would rather take the chance because the cost of not living a full life is not worth whether they get sick. And you have to respect that decision now I had a hard time respecting that decision when we were all asked on behalf of everyone in the country to take a short period and lock down. But now that we're however many months into this, everybody has to make their own decision. So again, I don't know that there's a right answer or a wrong answer. Um, I know that you in your wellness center, <clears throat> all of your staff are wearing masks when they're there. Yep. And we also have all of our patients Wearing masks when they're in the building. Oh, I didn't know that. That's yep. good. Yep, we, we do. We and you're still it. testing. You're still the fever testing. You're still following the, uh, the recommendations that the CDC has dictated. We are following all CDC guidelines in our office. Um, you know, our patients, you know, if they're getting a massage and they're going to be on their face for 45 minutes, they can't breathe with a mask on. We're okay with them removing it. But the therapist is wearing a mask at that time. So we uh, sterilize with UV lights, and we have an ozone machine in the office. And um, every weekend, we run the ozone machine, um, which kills bacteria and viruses and all kinds of different things. So, um, you know, we're really trying to follow the rules and then some so that we can keep our patients safe and my staff safe and have a place that people can come to. We are We are trying to follow all of the social distancing rules. Um, I'm even purchasing an additional um, table to open up an additional room in the office so that we can keep people away from each other. You know, you may find yourself sitting on a couch in a kitchen <laughs> or sitting in the closet because it's the only space we have left, but we want to keep you safe, so we'll put you in the closet. What's that thing? Nobody puts baby in the closet. No, that's a corner. Oh, dang it. No one puts baby in the corner. <laughs> Am I dating myself? <laughs> I love that movie. <laughs> But yeah, we are we are certainly following all CDC guidelines, and we have been since day one, and we will continue to do so so that we can keep our our uh, wellness center healthy and happy and open and running, so that we can continue to impact our community. Yeah, and there's a lot going on. I know that you guys do a thorough cleaning, like you talked about massages face down. So it would make me nervous personally to go into a massage. First of all, it makes me nervous to get a massage. Period. That's just one of my little quirks. It's I, I, <laughs> I don't know why I love a massage. I'll uh, take anyone, either. anytime, any, <clears throat> anyhow. But if you're face down in a massage table or in a uh, chiropractic table, I know you guys are doing a really thorough cleaning because I've 
seen the invoice for the cleaning supplies. So there's, <laughs> I know there's a lot of cleaning going on in between, and that has an impact to your business as well, right? There's a lot more that goes around time that's invested in seeing each patient and making sure that that room has been sanitized for your protection. Well, absolutely. And I will say, you know, it's taken a little time for my patients to get used to that because they're used to walking into my office and getting taken care of immediately. And because we are taking so much more time and making such a great effort to make sure everything is sterilized down to the doorknobs and light switches, um, you know, we, we tend to run behind a little bit, but we do try to call our patients and have them wait in the car if we need to. Um, you know, we're trying to really be respectful of people's times, but, you know, we are asking for a little grace period, you know, with our patients as we move through this and alter how we're scheduling and as, you know, our numbers increase in the number of people who are coming out and wanting to to get the benefits of chiropractic care and acupuncture, massage therapy and functional medicine, because what we know is that if we have a healthier immune system, then our bodies can fight things off better. Whether that's just the the regular old flu or COVID or bronchitis or whatever it is, pneumonia, we know that if we have a stronger <laughs> immune system, we can fight back better. And what you know, whether that looks like um, the food that we're eating and the quality of the food and the supplements we're taking, you know. We, um, we, we have our hands tied and if we are not allowed to say, Hey, take this and it will kill COVID. And I, I get that. And I agree with that because I don't think we 100% know what kills COVID right now, but we, um, we do know that boosting the immune system helps you to fight things off. So that's a great lead into a clip that I wanted to play. I, I was watching the other day, um, real time with Bill Maher. And I know you don't know who that is, but he, he was the guy, you remember politically incorrect back in the day, same guy no, way before my time. Oh, shut up. <laughs> <clears throat> Again, respect your elders. Um, oh, yes, sir. So real time with Bill Maher, he was interviewing um, CNN's Fareed, Fareed Zakaria, um, who is a, a pundit. He's got his own show, but he just wrote a book, um, 10 Lessons for a Post-Pandemic World. And what they were talking about is how other countries have done really well in uh, nipping this in the bud through external factors. Um, he was talking about how most of the processes and technologies that these other countries are using actually came from the U.S. Um, out of John, Johns Hopkins, but that the U.S. has done such a poor job of implementing. Um, that's the lead in. But here, let me play the clip. Oh, I agree with all that. But you're mentioning one half of the equation, in my view, the external part. There's the internal yeah. part, yeah. your immune system fighting it internally because viruses are everywhere yep. and you can't avoid them and externally you need to do both they well, were successful because of both because they're healthier internally yep. and what i object so much about what this country did yes trump of course fucked it up we expect that but <laughs> but, Sadly, but the people yeah. the, the people like dr fauci and those those folks who are the medical they never once had the courage to ask the people to get themselves in better health as the best way to ensure this. They're cowards. They are cowards. They will not ask for that little bit of sacrifice. Well, I'll tell you, that is 100% correct. And I tout this to my patients all the time. Health is wealth and wealth is health. You've got to take care of your health first. And that goes right back to what I was saying. You know, you got to be healthy and have a healthier immune system. And as a functional medicine doctor 
And in the functional medicine world, which is the world that I live in, is that's what we talk about. That's what we, that's what we, we encourage people to do. And I'm not saying this is easy. This is really hard, but you got to take a step-by-step approach to getting your health back. And, you know, the research studies are showing that people who have gotten COVID who were immune compromised, auto, had autoimmunities, who had thyroid disease, who had type 2 diabetes, other, other health issues on top of obesity and eating foods that have, um, that are genetically modified, that have herbicides and pesticides and growth hormone and things that are grown six months earlier and shipped across the world to you because that's where they buy it and they preserve it so it stays fresh. All of this stuff impacts our overall health and it impacts our overall immune system. And in this country, we are not as healthy as most other countries around the world. Well, I think part of the ignorance here is that we don't realize that we're not as healthy. So some of the studies that I've seen have stated that the people who have been, who have passed away or have been hit the hardest by the virus are the ones that are immune compromised. And a lot of these people don't know it, right? They don't know that they're walking around with a compromised immune system. They don't know that their basic health is not where it needs to be because they haven't addressed it. Well, and you know what really burns my ass about this stuff is that I really feel like the world that we're living in, the conventional approach to health, is really trying to not let people know about this stuff. Eh, I know. Well, that, no, that's funny. It, it's funny because in this same interview, the guy goes on to say how broken the healthcare system is, which is something that you talk about a lot when you do your speeches at, at uh, Harvard, when you go on TV, you, you talk about that a lot about how our healthcare system is broken. It's a disease management system. And not even a good one. No. And it's, it's completely reactive where in other countries they are proactive. I, it's really part of the culture Um. I, I've said this many times in talking to your patients and at your your seminars, our, our lives are worth more than our deductibles. But unfortunately, our culture didn't teach that. When I was growing up, you know, my mother used to say, if there's something wrong, you go to the doctor, you do what the doctor says, period. You don't ask questions. If you want a second opinion, that's fine because the insurance company pays for a second opinion. But all they're doing is helping to promote the amount of money that they can make off of you as someone who needs part of this disease management. They're, none of it is proactive at all. Well, do you remember when we were in, was it in Istanbul and we were at the bazaars? Yes. And when we went on to Spain, what did we ask every single person that we could that would listen to us? Do you remember? What do you do if you get sick? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Remember that? What did they all say? They all have teas or or herbal remedies. They Thanks. have, yeah, they don't go to a, a doctor or take a pill. They have natural remedies that everybody defaults to. I wish you had the recording of our tour guide who said, oh, what was I name? would go last to a doctor. Yes, yes. And, and interestingly, she also said, I can't remember now actually if this was Turkey or or Spain, but their pharmacists are the ones who dispensed Correct. the um, prescription meds. And then if that didn't work, then they went to their primary care doctors or their medical doctors. They did it last, right. not first. And um, it's pretty interesting 
you know, how here in this country, that's where you go first. Well, we can go, that's almost a separate podcast, right? We can go on and on about how, how uh, it's a business. The, the, the pharmaceutical companies, the insurance companies, the doctors, unfortunately, are running a business and it happens to be in healthcare and it's a government regulated business, but it's still a business and they're in business to make money. But I do want to pipe in here and say that we have many, many friends that are emergency room doctors and nurses and speech and language pathologists and respiratory therapists. And they also feel like they have their hands tied. The majority of them do not want to practice in which they are being forced to practice, but they, this is the world we live in. And so this is what their education was in. So this is what they do. And that's why they send patients to us because they're seeing them get better. But when they do that, what happens is when people get healthy, then they don't have to go every three months for a prescription refill. And they don't have to go every three months to get lab work done because they're healthy and they're strong and their immune system's doing what they're supposed to do. So it's, I think it's really important to acknowledge that we do live in a country that has some of the most fantastic healthcare in the world, but it's crisis care that we're good at. It's not the chronic degenerative stuff, which is the shit that we're living with, right? The arthritis is the diabetes, the thyroid disease, the weight gain, the insomnia, the rah, I want to kill my husband and my kids, you know, the mood swings and the hair falling out and all that kind of stuff. That's the chronic stuff that we, the conventional medical world is really, really crappy at, but the functional medicine world, the functional med- medical approach to health is really, really good at. And I feel like if we could just work better together, yes, you know what? When I needed to go and have surgery, uh, morphine was my friend. I did not want a B vitamin. I wanted morphine, but I only needed it for a day or two. And then I went back and and went, you know, with biofreeze and the more natural things and celoxacin and the, and the things that are healthier that don't have so many side effects. And I think that we could all work really well together if we could work really well together, but it doesn't seem like we can all play in the same playground most of the time. However, there are doctors now that are, are seeing the benefit. In fact, I had a uh, patient come in um, yesterday, 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 and she said, Dr. Deb, you wouldn't believe this. I went to go have my checkup, and I do not, I quote her, I do not have a good relationship with this primary care, but she's close to my house, so I go there, and I walked in ready to fight, and she walked in and said, I'm so happy I could sit in your lap. What are you doing? Your, your labs are all getting better. I can't even believe it. And she looked at her and she said, well, as a matter of fact, I'm glad you asked because I'm seeing Dr. Deb and she's helping me with this stuff. And, and the doctor was just thrilled. And this is the same doctor that for the last 10 years has been really pushing against this functional approach to health. And now I think she's starting to see that it can actually help her, help her patients get better quicker. And isn't that what we're supposed to be doing, right? Working as a team to get our patients together. And I think that us functional doctors are really trying to push and help the conventional medical world see that we can work together. And there are cases when we need prescription meds, and thank God we have them when we need them. But in a lot of cases, we can really heal our bodies and heal our guts and get ourselves feeling better so that we don't need to stay on those medications. But then they're there when we need them again. Here's that clip. I agree with you, but I'll tell you one part of the problem is we have a healthcare system that is so broken. So I agree. There, there you go. <clears throat> um, 
One thing I wanted to comment on when I said, unfortunately, the doctors are part of that as well. What I meant was, it's not unfortunate because the doctors are part of it. It's unfortunate because the doctors don't want to be strapped down by the business model that they've committed to. Uh, at the end of the day, uh, unfortunately, you as a patient are not their client. The insurance companies are their client. You are the client of the insurance company. So they have to do what the insurance companies tell them to do or they don't get paid. That's the unfortunate part that people are missing. It, the benefit of having a free market economy in this country is that we are allowed to and motivated by advancements in medicine and processes and procedures. Like you said, we have the best, the best of the best here because that the business model, the capitalistic society in America accounts for that. It, it motivates that it produces that the downside is that those findings and those breakthroughs are then fed into a system that is all motivated by how can the insurance companies make money because the doctors are paid by the insurance companies. They don't make money when they're paid by you directly. You know, it, it's funny that you say that. I remember reading an article and I can't remember if it was Japan. Actually, I think it was China used to have a system in place that the doctors got paid by the people getting well instead of by the people staying sick. Right. So when they got somebody well, they got paid instead of getting paid by keeping them in the system on medications coming in, paying co-pays, increasing deductibles, and that kind of stuff, increasing it's, co-insurance. It's so simplistic when you look at it and so clear when you look at it from a business perspective. <clears throat> for, for example, in the IT world, years ago, and it still holds true today, there's two different kinds of IT people. There are the kinds of people that want to go do it right the first time, encourage you to spend the money to do it right the first time so that they don't have to come back out and charge you to fix it. There are others that are unfortunately more common that will do it for the least common denominator. They will do it as cheap and as quickly as possible knowing that they're going to have to come back out and they make their money by coming back out to fix the things that they should have done in the first place. It's their version of getting residual um, residual income because they have to come out and service it over and over again. And the medical community is doing the exact same thing. Incredibly unfortunate because there is a better way to do it. You can still run a business by making sure that you have a good relationship with your client to do it right the first time. And in my mind, that's what functional medicine is doing. They're looking and trying to do this right preventatively the first time. You don't want people coming back to your wellness center because they don't feel good. You want them coming back because they continue to feel good and they refer others in doing so. Correct. That is Exactly right. And I say to my patients all the time, I love seeing your sweet face in here, but I really don't want to keep seeing your sweet face in here. <laughs> Send your friends, you know, because we want to get you well. We want you to be healthy. And then, you know, of course, like whoever that guy was, what's his name? <laughs> I can never remember names. Um, <clears throat> what was that guy's name who just said, you know, the health system's broken, blah, blah, blah. Oh, Fareed Zakaria. Fareed Zakaria. But you know, we don't watch CNN a whole lot, so that's why we you don't, don't watch TV, yeah, really at all. Because I am way too impatient to watch commercials. It makes me crazy. Well, you, I've got just a little bit of time. We never watch commercials, but when you sit down and watch TV, you fall asleep. Oh yeah, that's right. 
I sit down and I'm out. I'm not, She's out. Yeah, right. For all of you out there who have problems sleeping at night, you need to come see me. I have no problem <laughs> sleeping at night. And it wasn't always that way. You know, I do have my story and I have had my health struggles and I've seen my family have health struggles and, you know, it's... Yeah, but I think a lot of it now is that you're working 12 hours a day with a mask on all day long. So let's let's bring this full circle and, and wrap up. The whole mask question. Um, I, I'm seeing gyms are opening now. I personally don't understand if you're supposed to stay away from bodily fluids, if you're supposed to stay away from people um, talking, right, and social distancing, people are going to gyms. Are they exercising with masks on? Do you wear a mask? Do you not wear a mask? I actually saw a woman, I was, I kid you not, I was in a, where was I, in a drugstore. Had to pick something. Oh, prescriptions up, ironically. <clears throat> and the woman had to sneeze. And what she did, she was wearing a mask. Oh, she took it off to sneeze? She took it off, <laughs> sneezed <sighs> sneezed into her hand, put the mask back on, and then proceeded to use that hand to pick things up off the shelf. Yeah. Now, I don't care which side of the aisle you're on. That's just wrong. That's just gross. It's, it's just nasty. You know, I think at the end of the day... I think if you keep a good, clean home and wash your hands, wash, 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 wash your hands, you know, that I think is one of the best ways to really prevent the spread of this thing. Give people their personal space. Even before COVID, there's a lot of people that don't want people up on into you. And I think it's just respectful just to give people time to do their thing. If you're in the grocery store, slow down, let them, where are you in a rush to anyway, really, right? So I think, you know, Wear your mask where they require you to wear it. Wear it where you feel comfortable wearing it. I wore it, you know, on an airplane from the second I walked into the airport until I got out of the airport, you know, because that was my comfort zone at that time. And, um, but I think it's about scrubbing your hands. Um, and I do come from that school of you should be walking barefoot with your feet in the grass and eating worms and dirt because, you know, I think our immune systems need that stuff. But with this new virus that we're, just, still trying to figure out, you know, just be cautious, be respectful of others, but, you know, make sure that you're getting enough good fresh air too, um, because we know there are some health concerns when we're wearing masks all the time. I know at home, I try really hard, you know, to not go places or that I have to wear a mask because I have to wear a mask all day. So talk to me about testing. There's different kinds of tests. As long as we're having this, which is this, this whole podcast has turned into a COVID-based conversation, <laughs> which wasn't the intent, but it's a, it's a good conversation to have because I honestly think that people are getting different messages from different people, and you have a following, and people want to know what your thoughts are. But tell me about testing. There's different kinds of tests, and the different tests tell you different things, right? So there's the the basically two different schools, if I'm not mistaken. There's do you currently have covid and do you currently have the antibodies? Now, I know there's a 24-hour turnaround and there's a longer turnaround and some tests are better than others. But those two specific testing groups, um, tell me what you know and what you don't know about those two groups. So what I know about the COVID test is that they, we are actually testing to see you if you have active COVID in your body at that time. That's where, you know, they would take that nasal swab and in the beginning it would jam it and practically poke your brain out and it was not comfortable. Um, I myself was testing pretty much every week in the beginning just to make sure because I wanted to keep my patients safe and my sure. staff safe. Right. 
but we're looking to see if you have the active virus in your body and if you are contagious. Um, I know there is some discrepancy in whether it's 10 days or 14 days, and I, I don't know the answer to that. But what I know in my mind is if you have the COVID and it's positive, then you you are positive, then you need to stay away from people until you test negative. That's my mind. I Whether know that you're a feeling lot, symptoms or not. Correct, because okay. there's a lot of people walking around that don't even know they have it. Well, that was that was my part of my question. Right. So, and, and then that could be a whole nother podcast. How come some people feel it and some people don't? How come some symptoms are worse and sometimes some people have symptoms that aren't so bad? How come some people die and some people don't even know they have it? Right. That's a whole nother podcast. But for, for, for the purposes of the discussion about the testing, there is a rapid test, which they can give you the, the results in 15 minutes. My experience with the rapid tests are they have been very, very, um, um, oh my God, see, I'm having a, a brain fart right now. They're, they're, they are very, very unreliable. Uh, brain farts? Brain fart <laughs> Is something farting in my brain? <laughs> <laughs> we love to talk about farts so in our family. many replies to that one, and none of them are appropriate to share. Okay, so here <laughs> we go. The rapid test um, is pretty unreliable. We've had people actually take the rapid test, come up positive. Within 10 minutes, we have then done the longer test where we actually have to send it out to the lab, have it developed, and it comes back in about 24 hours and be negative. So within 10 minutes, they were positive and they were negative. So we know that those rapid tests are not super reliable. The ones where we jam it up your nose and poke your brains out are a thing of the past. We don't have to poke your brains out anymore. We do have to get boogers. We like talking about boogers in my family too, by the way. So get boogers on that Q-tip and then we send it out. And, you know, depending on how active the virus is, how many people are doing testing at that time, usually 24 to 36 hours or so. When uh, the pandemic first began, it was about a week it took. So, you know, what was the point of that, right? You'd be, you know, nine days in, you get the results. Oh, you're positive. Well, it's already been nine days and we retest and hopefully you're negative after that. Um, but that tells us whether you're active and contagious the antibody test, which is a blood test that we do in our office. And that's a whole different test, that's right? That's a whole different test. Okay. That's actually a blood test. It shows us if you have antibodies to the coronavirus. Now, I know there's some discussion about whether this is the this new coronavirus that the antibodies to or the other coronavirus and blah, blah, blah. But in my world, if you have coronavirus antibodies, that means that you've had exposure um, most of the time, that means you're either at the very end of that exposure or you're through it and your body is now producing productive antibodies. So if you get re-exposed to it, your body can fight it off and you don't have the symptoms and you're not contagious at that point because you don't re-get it. The problem is that we do not know how long those antibodies last. And they're seeing that some people it's lasting you know, six weeks, eight weeks, some people it's lasting 10 weeks, 12 weeks or longer they do believe that the severity of the case that you had may play into how long and how good your antibodies are. Um, but I don't think we really have the answers to that yet. Um, I know that I've had patients that said, oh my God, Dr. Deb, I was the sickest I could ever, in my life, I was the sickest I've ever been in December. I couldn't breathe. I had this horrible cough. I couldn't keep my head up. I was exhausted. I went to the emergency room. They said, nothing's wrong sent me back home, blah, blah, blah. And this, you know, was kind of pre 
what we know about coronavirus mm-hmm. today, mm-hmm. and they would swear that they had it. But when we test their antibodies, they don't have antibodies to it. So, you know, that's a big question. We don't know. I would think, you know, if you're really concerned about it, maybe somebody can start a study that has extra time in their day that, you know, somebody we know had it because they tested positive, and then we know they had the antibodies because we tested the antibodies. And then why don't we test their antibodies once a month going on and then see where those antibodies are? Do they get less? Do they stay the same? Did the severity of the symptoms when you had coronavirus match these, uh, the amount of antibodies you have and how strong those antibodies are? Who knows? Yeah, but, but here's what I want to know. I want to know if you have tested positive for the antibodies, does that mean that you can't get it again? That seems to be the biggest discrepancy that I'm hearing. My understanding is as long as you have antibodies, you can't get it again. Okay. So if you have the the antibodies in your system, you can't get it. But what we don't know is how long those antibodies remain active. Correct. Okay. And then we can throw in the whole mutation thing because the virus is... Yeah, mutating. But just like the flu, right? The flu does that too. We have different strains. So that's why the flu shot is oftentimes ineffective. And it's based on Australia because they get it first. So we see kind of what happens with them. And then we get it next. And oftentimes the shot that people are getting was for, you know, two or three years earlier. And it's not as effective or effective at all against the flu virus that's current that day. By the time it gets back to us, it's it's old. Right. So, you know, then there's that. Okay. <laughs> How about those muddy waters for you? But I, I personally always say you have to ask the right question to get the right answer. I'm not in a search for answers. I just want to make sure people are asking the right questions. Yep. I, I don't disagree with you. A lot of this is very subjective. Uh, is there anything else you want to share with the people? Um, right now? There's no. a lot, but I, I figure we should try to limit this to topics. Okay. So. No, I'm going to tap out on this one. <laughs> Okay. Well, I'm good with that. Until we meet again. Until we meet again. I love you. I love you more. I don't think so. I do. I don't think so. All right. Well, we'll see. All right. Can we call this a draw? We can call it a draw. Okay. Until we talk again. Love and light. Health and happiness. Bye-bye.